rolling. Are we rolling? We're, we're, yes. You picking me up? As much as uh, an SD card rolls, we're doing that. Uh, it's rolling through them bits. Rolling through them bits. Rolled to the bits. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, still in beta. That's what we are. Very uh, beta. So beta. So beta that we don't even have William this time. That's uh, that's that's alpha. This is a this is a a first for the podcast uh, that we're recording without him. So and, things could be weird. And Jesse's sitting in William's seat, so it's really kind of like he's he's the like surrog- a, he's a surrogate William, but that means we don't have a Jesse. I was going to say a usurper. A usurper. Um, you took his seat. Yeah, well, that's true. You usually have the crappy seat. Yeah, I'm usually over there on the Ottoman. Ottoman. So, yeah. so this is a, an upgrade. Although I'm still not using the backrest. Well, because that, I do want to lean into the mic a little. Well, that's bit. a that's <laughs> actually an upgrade in terms of how you do the miking. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> yes. Uh, Will celebrating his anniversary tonight. He's getting food. Yeah. Getting ate. ate. He's no. eating the food. No. I, I don't have a good phrase for this. Yeah. Get. I can't. I can't. Get, uh, getting his. Getting the. Getting his food on. Food on. Yes. There. We did it. What is it? Grindage? Is that. Uh, no. 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 Polly Short. No. Calls it, right? No. No. That's even worse than what I was almost saying. <laughs> yeah. I was literally about to say, it's like, Jesse, we got through that forest. We got there. He's getting his food on. We, we got there. It took us a bit, but we, we nailed it. And then you... <laughs> Don't then look you, back. And then you, you did that. Grindage. Ah! That's like, no! You, you ruined snatched, it. You snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. There it is. I got it. We're holding on to it. It's terrible. And that's the podcast. All right. And that's Good night, the- everybody. <laughs> and that's when we stopped doing the podcast. <laughs> years later we're like i don't know what happened well uh, i can point back to one thing it's all that grindage oh uh, don't bring me back <laughs> every time i think i'm out <laughs> so have you uh so what have you what have you been playing recently uh i've actually been playing two games well three actually Four games, but I've only really been playing two games. Okay. Uh, I've been playing Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. Because that's, that's what all the kids are doing. Yes, it's the hot new thing. It is the hot new thing. Apparently, it's bigger than Twitter on Android devices now. Okay. That's what I heard. Or at least it's about to be, if it hasn't already. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you could catch people uh, in their tweets. You just want to catch people? Yes. That's not what Pokemon is. You don't catch people? No. What are you... What have you been doing? You're playing a very different game, Jesse. What, are I gonna, what am I going to do with all these people in my basement? I thought I've been playing Pokemon this whole time. Uh, uh, start a vaudeville show? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that explains what I can do with all of my little straw hats and canes. Yeah. Yeah. Washboards and yeah. Mm-hmm. Washboards. I have all these jugs. What are you doing? We start. Never mind. I was gonna think you start like a band. Oh, like a I thought you were talking about show. doing like a like a like a sketch show or like a, you, you do that too, like a variety hour. Well, I don't know. I just imagine all those people be like, "Let me go, God, why?" <laughs> it's like, and the people are just like, ah, <laughs> "Oh, good." And then they, it's not improv if you always say the same thing. Piano plays, and you get with a spray bottle. <laughs> oh, it burns. What? What's in the bottle? What's in the bottle? <laughs> Vodka. What? <laughs> Hold on, now I need a refresher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this is darker than normal. <laughs> uh, but yes, I've been playing Pokemon Go. Uh-huh. Which, uh, at my work, there are... There's like... 12 or something poke stops which are i don't know if anyone's played poke stop i was gonna say if if i don't know if anyone's played ingress or if you played ingress but uh the idea is is like there's little landmarks around the map like it could be something stupid like here's a coal chute a coal chute yeah literally there's a coal chute that that's on the side of a building 
that you see the picture of it and you walk up to it and that gives you access to the poke stop and it does is you tap it brings up a little circle or a little like disc with the picture on it and you spin it with your finger and it gives you a bunch of pokeballs revive crystals and uh health items okay and um you can use those to battle or capture pokemon and so the idea is in order to continue playing the game you have to bounce between pokestops and they regenerate after like five minutes or something so it actually is kind of neat if you like go out to dinner uh-huh. and you most people is just always on their phone yes I, I i was witness to this um two nights ago yeah and people can just like they can farm it while they're eating dinner yeah and then there's gyms which are like pokestops are bigger but people can like deposit their pokemon there to hold down the fort for their team and there's like three teams and uh do you let them out of the balls yeah yeah they, they become it comes a like a like a gym trainer battle thing like in the original games like you can go up there and you can take your pokemon and be like all right i'm gonna fight this guy's eevee i'm gonna fight this guy's jolteon i'm gonna fight this guy's bulbasaur and you, you go through it and if you win you can take over the gym do you get a badge I haven't won yet, so. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm I'm still pretty low level. I'm, I'm not, but I was like walking around and there's like this like 11 year old kid in a cast and I was walking around with people that I work with and he's, he's like, what level are you guys? And I said, well, I just started. I think my highest CP Pokemon, which is like combat power is like 300. He looks at me and says, I got 975. And I'm like, geez, what are you doing? Go to school. But then I remembered it was summer. <laughs> yeah, it's summer vacation. Also, summer he's time. in a cast, so. Yeah. <laughs> wait, was it a leg cast or an arm cast? It was an arm cast. Oh, well, okay. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, wait a minute. What team are you on? He's like, I'm on Team Wisdom, which is the blue team. And I was like, oh, I'm on the blue team. I like this kid. Mm. And I was like, that was, there's this relief, this washed over. And I'm like, oh, he's high level and he's here. I and on my team. I don't have to break his phone. I don't have to break his other arm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would take his phone and yeah. delete all his Pokemon. Because I'm a jerk like that. <laughs> Which is worse, a broken phone or you lose all your Pokemon. Or a broken arm. <laughs> oh, yeah, if he had to pick. But he didn't have to because I don't hurt children. Uh-huh. And he was on Team Blue. But he is tied up behind me. Yeah, he farms all my Pokemon for me now. Yeah. <laughs> What's my level at? What's my level at? He's not saying anything. He's he's very engrossed. He's bound and gagged. Whoa. What? <laughs> this is darker than normal. <laughs> is it? A little bit. Oh. I'm starting to think William is the one that keeps us in check. <laughs> was he? Was William the ray of sunshine in he, our... He, he in is our moral compass. Oh, I never thought that would be the case. No, I didn't either. Um, but anyway, it's a fun game, but I, I'll say this. is like, just walking around, you see like more people looking at their phones than normal. I knew that was a good... I mean, that's not different from normal, but... You know they're all playing Pokemon. Uh-huh. Just when I walk around, there's like packs of people... Just moving around. It's like, there's a Bulbasaur over there. Mm-hmm. Get it. And, and they go Can over. everybody get the Bulbasaur? Everyone can, I think. Oh. There's no guarantee that when a Pokemon spawns, it's always the same Pokemon. But it seems like any time. I don't know the rules yet. It's only been a few, few days. But any time a Pokemon spawns and everyone's near it, it's it has a high chance of being the same Pokemon. But like I've seen it like someone gets like a Rattata. And someone else gets like a gold bean or something. Mm. So it's it's not it's not a science. They're not it's not the same. And everyone can get it. So if an, if a Pokemon appears in an area, everyone can get a Pokemon right in that area. That's that's what I've observed. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but right now for me, it's just amazing how much I've walked. Because that's what you do. That's what the game is. You you walk from point to point, and then you get eggs, and then you can incubate those eggs, but that involves walking. Wait, what's in the eggs? More Pokemon. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can capture Pokemon, and you can hatch Pokemon. All Pokemon are egg-laying animals? Yes, that is true. 
That's so crazy. All Pokemon lay eggs. All Pokemon. Now, yes. are, do they look different? To, like, if they're a fish Pokemon, do they look like a little, you know, a little, uh, like, caviar? And if they're, like, a bird? No, but no they're no. all eggs. They're all just, I'm guessing, chicken eggs? Yeah, they look, look like chicken eggs, sometimes with spots. What is it? What do the spots mean? Do they have brown I don't ones? think the spots mean anything. No? No. You never know what kind of Pokemon's inside of an egg. And they're always fertilized eggs. When you get one, yes. So you can't find, like, a, a dud? No. I mean, you might get, like, a really crappy Pokemon. It's like, ah, oh, I got a Pidgey. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want another Pidgey. But Pidgeys you don't, are everywhere. Like, it's not like real eggs where, like, you could crack one open and it's, it's just yolk. It was never... Right, yeah, it's an item. What? It's an item in the game. What is? The egg. And then you you have... When you run through an incubator... Did these eggs exist before this game? No. Oh. No, these are virtual eggs. What? These are eggs that are in Pokemon Go. No, I mean in a in an earlier Pokemon game. I'm not saying yeah, oh. I'm not asking you if they're, you're finding real eggs like geocaching real eggs out there and you're just like, I was wondering. Oh, it's eggs. Like, oh. It's like of course, eggs. Yes. I'll put those eggs in my pocket. It's like, haha. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, a pigeon. Oh, eggs. Oh. <laughs> I got a turtle. I'm gonna involve them and you just <laughs> some island of Dr. Moreau stuff. Yeah. Here, kid. Eat this egg. Um I yes, eggs have been a thing in previous Pokemon games. Uh-huh. I know I know that this is true because I have read some wikis. <laughs> I haven't played Pokemon since Pokemon Red. Okay, I've never played Pokemon. Oh, actually, I tried to play Pokemon Red, but then I stopped. I, I don't blame you necessarily. It's a it's a, it's a game that I honestly feel like you do it once and you're kind of done. Mm-hmm. But this feels so different because it it's not a, it's not like a traditional Pokemon game. You actually have to get up and walk around and do stuff. Yeah. Um. And in order to hatch eggs in Pokemon Go, you have to literally walk. Like when you're incubating one, it keeps track of how many kilometers you've walked. So you generate like step heat. I'm gonna go with yes. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's like you get an egg and it's like, oh, this is a two kilometer egg or this is a five kilometer egg or a 10 kilometer egg. And you don't know what's going to be in the egg. Right. So you could be walking a whole lot and you're like, oh, I walked all that time for nothing. I walked all this time and all I got was a ratata. Yeah. So like, and you're like, ah, oh, rats. Mm. Or even better, you get like an execute. So you, the egg hatches and there's just more eggs inside. Oh, and then you hatch those? No, that's the Pokemon. What? There's a, Poke- there's a Pokemon that's just eggs? Yes. Like a collection of eggs? Yes. That's it's, so weird. It's called Execute. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's made of eggs. But it's also, they're murderous eggs. Yes. Death eggs. Death, the death egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like in Sonic. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. Everybody's familiar with the death egg. Yeah. And if you're not, you're listening to the wrong podcast. Mm-hmm. All three of you. Because <laughs> in this podcast, we dig deep into Sonic lore. I, I, we, have, we have, haven't we? We have, actually, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Sometimes we're talking, and I just go into stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Phil, Phil, save for the podcast. Power yeah. Rangers. Yeah, the Power Rangers thing is definitely... Yeah. Uh... I've been playing, um, so I, I don't, did I ever talk about Tomb Raider? Yes. I want to say you did. Did I? I don't okay. know if, if you did in context of the podcast, but I feel like you did. Yeah. So I played and beat that and, you know, it felt like another one. Yeah. Well, it's, I'm pretty sure that's what they were aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. Except, man. Yeah. I think I do remember talking about it. Because I I remember saying that like the controls were real janky and stuff. Yeah, that really never got any better. No. And uh, but it felt like a Tomb Raider game. Well, it felt like a sequel to that to that last Tomb Raider game. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It was less torture porny. Okay. Like uh, you weren't just constantly getting stabbed or like half raped or whatever. Like so. It, were, so it wasn't like Dead Space. Uh what? 
Dead Space, you, you're always getting stabbed or hurt or worse. Well, no. But, like, you remember in the first Tomb Raider remake? That, like, it, the game starts off and you get impaled by a rebar. Yeah. And then later on, you, like... It, it, was, it felt like, like every in-game cinematic was all about, like, beating her up. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, that's good. But they, this one, yeah, that, they, I mean. they got away from that. And they, they, it was more like, like she was kind of, she could kind of take care of herself. A lot of the stuff in the, like a lot of the plot though was pretty lamed and like, uh, like just felt very um, expected. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's because of how they, um, telegraph some of the things that they're going to do, but there, there didn't feel like there were any surprises. I think it's hard to surprise in these, in this day and age though. I mean, just in, in general terms, I mean, because we, I mean, South Park did, said it best. It's like Simpsons did it. Mm-hmm. it I, th- I think the, the bar has been raised for what is surprising or, are unexpected for any game progression. Yeah, I guess the thing that was the most surprising was that they, the general like outline of the plot was this like almost parody of like Judeo Christian sort of prophecy stuff. Sure. Like that was the weirdest thing was they have like all of this stuff that's like, like uh very sort of i would say christian like imagery or referencing kind of stuff and but instead of that it, it's the grimace yeah basically yeah yeah it's 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 interesting cuz it's kind of like it feels like a holy grail sort of thing the milkshake that they're what the grimace he's representative of the milkshake what? If, if okay, if Ronald McDonald is McDonald's, Birdie is French fries, the Hamburglar is burgers, the Grimace must be a milkshake. Why is well? Hold on, let's roll that one back. Birdie, how is how how is Birdie representative of French fries? Her little feather fingers. They have French fries. They have fry guys. The fry guys are. They don't count. How do they? How do they not count? If William were here, he'd back me up. On I don't this. think he would. I think he would. Fry guys are the fries. Hamburglar steals hamburgers. He does for his own twisted means. Yeah. The grimace, though. What about, what about, what's the, what about the Mayor McCheese? He, I guess he also he represents cheeseburgers. Well, there was Mayor McCheese, but there was also the uh, police chief that was also a cheeseburger. Yeah. Chief Mc... Cheese? Chief McCheese? Is that what he is? Uh, it had to have been some kind of Big Mac thing, right? Yeah. Chief. Constable Mac? Big? I don't know. Senor Big... Bangers and Mash? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm getting... I think I'm getting some I think you're getting your here. cultures mixed up here. I, I just... Hey, it's American. Yeah. Mix up the cultures. Um... So yeah, yeah, in the yeah. in the Ronald McDonald universe, like, yeah, I, I think Fry Guys are representative of the of the French fries. I, don't I think, think they I, have to be. I don't remember what the Fry Guys are. They're the, they look like little pom poms with legs and eyeballs. Oh, you don't remember that? Now that you've said it, yes. Yeah, they're little horrifying creatures. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I much prefer the Burger King Kids Club. Well, because they're people. Yes. Wow. Okay. I mean, I guess they're a diverse collection of of people which means they're definitely not pokemon no no uh because there's the kid in the wheelchair wheels yes yes and there's the black kid dj is it i don't know and then there's the kid with the glasses and the hat kid vid kid vid and then a girl right Uh, i think they just called her girl (laughs) they just called her girl uh-huh. <laughs> I forget. 
Yeah, it's it was pretty progressive. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was like Jace or something. I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. I'm honestly, I'm surprised I remembered that much. Mm-hmm. Really, Kid Vid was the only one of significance, though. Yeah, because he had the, the eye thing. Uh-huh. He wore, like, goggles for no, some Which reason. weren't goggles. I don't know what they were. Yeah. He just had a button he could push and had, like, burger vision. He had burger vision? That's now, this I don't remember. I don't know if that's accurate, but I choose to believe it. <laughs> in your fan, in your Burger King Kids Club fan fiction. How do you know about my website? It's just a Tumblr. Stop reading my live journal! <laughs> this is the one where... This is the one where Kid Vid defeats the Grimace. They said it couldn't happen. But I got it. He yeah. joins forces with Wendy. Oh, God. And the oven mitt. <laughs> the, the hamburger helper mitt? No, the one from uh, Arby's. Oh, okay. The Ar- For some reason, they have an oven mitt. Yeah. And Norm MacDonald is the star for Carl's Jr. Mm-hmm. This is all true. Yeah. The the great fast food wars. Taco Bell comes out on top. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. As predicted by the, Demolition Man. The Chihuahua will will rise again. Uh so yeah, I played that and uh and <laughs> good segue. And beat it. And um Yeah, it was one of those games where like at some point I was like, yeah, I need to just stop playing this. Because I kind of felt like I was doing the same thing a lot. Mm, and, uh, but you still beat it. Still beat it. And man, they like double down on collectibles and stuff too. Yeah. But those are also just like not interesting. And uh, I started to play Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah. It, it, it feels, and this, the pun is intended, it feels like a one beat game. Mm. Uh, he announced that the joke and it phrase? still hurt yeah I, I think it is I think it's a phrase yeah because I, I would think like I've heard one note shut up <laughs> Um, no once I figured out like kind of how you move and that and everything I was like I felt like I got it yeah and I didn't really want to play it anymore okay but I'm, I'm gonna because I like the music Oh, okay. And, well, that's. But the 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 game itself is the least interesting thing, in comparison to the music. the The art's okay, and the premise. So it's like I don't know where I'm gonna go with it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna play it more. I've only yeah. given it like a, I only get like ten minutes so far. Um, Enter the Gungeon is on my list for next. So I've heard really good things about that. Mm-hmm. I got Stardew Valley I need to play still. I picked that up during the Steam sale. And then the other game I've actually been playing lately is uh, Overwatch. Still. Yeah. If I mentioned it last time, I don't remember. I don't remember if you did or not. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit. It's kind of it's kind of unhealthy how much I enjoy the game, actually. Yeah. Um, it's It's fast. But it feels like anytime I die, I know exactly why I died, which is a thing that a lot of competitive shooters seem to fail on, as far as I'm concerned. Because I, I played like, you know, I play a lot of games, and maybe I pick, I'm going to pick two of the worst defenders. Like, I played Brink, and I played uh, Enemy Territory Quake Wars. Those are two games that I think are really good examples of. You don't know why you died. Like you're just suddenly dead? Yeah. Like there'll be no one around me. And I'd be running. And I hear like this distant fart. <laughs> and then I'd fall over dead. Uh-huh. And that's it. And that was it. And that but this game doesn't do that. Yeah. This game, uh, I feel like there is not such a thing as a one hit kill unless you know I don't have enough health. And and the things that would one hit kill me are like supers Mm -hmm. and you see and or hear them coming. You always hear it coming. I think that's one of the things I want to point out about that game is I do think the audio design of that game is fan freaking tastic because there's like, uh, Oh God, what's his name? The skater guy. It'll come to me later, but 
one of the healing characters, he he does this sort of like aura thing mm-hmm. where it's like anything he's like has headphones on anytime that uh the music is within range of a character, another player, it affects them. And you hear the music while you see your health rise or your speed increase. And it's just a really good rule of, you know, a really good way of communicating. It's like, hey, I hear the healing music. And so I know that I'm getting healed. I have to look at my health. And it's not a visual effect at all. And I I thought that's really, that's actually really uh, brilliant, I think. And also just the, the way the audio comes together and the banter between the characters and things you hear is like, you know, you hear, you hear someone say like, I need healing and you know where they are because uh, whether I'm using headphones or desktop speakers or anything, I still know where they are spatially because of that. And that's, it's, I don't really see, I haven't gotten that feeling from a lot of games. So I'm actually, I'm actually pretty impressed with the audio work. Uh, Artistically, it feels like a blizzard game, Mm -hmm. but they've refined it. It keeps getting better. It's, it feels like a, like, a highly textured Pixar movie. And that's just good to me. I love the character designs. And I, I'm trying to think, there's probably a few characters I haven't played still. Cause there's like 16 or 18 characters. And I'm still trying to like get good at the ones I like, or I know that I like, or I'm interested in playing. Um, but it's, a, you know, I, I just, I generally enjoy it. My main critique, though, is I don't think that there are enough levels. Like, as far as first-person shooters go, I think it comes with, like, five levels. Which is surprisingly small. Yeah. They're really good, and some of them are multi-staged. Like, they have a battle mode where it's, like, uh, uh, point control. And the idea is that there's one point on the map and you're, the teams vie to control it for enough time to get to 100% charge. And then round two will happen in a different area. So it's technically a different map. But okay. they're always in sequence. And so there's, yeah. there's like three levels within one session. So it's actually kind of nice that you're not just doing it over and over again. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it from that perspective... They also switch it up sometimes by letting you play on, you know, like the there's one team spawn area and there's the other team spawn area. They mix it up by switching which side you play from. And that does give it a different perspective because you can always kind of expect enemies to come from one direction versus the other direction. So as few maps as they have, they are, I would say, pretty clever about how they keep it feeling fresh. And so even if it's like, oh, I'm going to the Dorado again, whatever. It still feels differently because that effectively comes two maps because you were looking at it from such different perspectives. Um, I wish there were more spaces. I wish there was more environments, and I wish there was uh, just and there's a good variety, but they all kind of feel the same. If that makes any sense, I mean they're 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 in different places within the world. It just it's just so the the art's so refined that it almost doesn't feel significantly different to me hmm. in a weird way. It's like it's detailed, but the art is so polished and smoothed out that it it lacks, I think, a bit of contrast or or landmarks or something that's like I can look at this level and say I know exactly where I am just by glancing at it. Um, So but I do think that also has fed into better gameplay in a way. So I'm not wasting time appreciating the environment because it is it doesn't have a lot of hugely contrasting spaces, but the uh, the characters pop off the screen and so i almost always see my allies and i almost always see my enemies when they come on screen and they're not lost in the noise of the environment yeah so i was i totally am down with that decision i do think they could have pushed a little harder but it, it just feels good um it kind of recaptures that feeling of team fortress 2 mm-hmm. that when team fortress 2 first came out um uh, because if you play Team Fortress Two now, it just feels insane. It's just I, I don't even, I can't even join a non modded server. It feels like I log in and I hear some sort of Nicolas Cage quote, just played through a wave file or something, and it says, "Welcome to my custom server. If you shoot somebody, we'll ban you." I'm like what? 
Wow, how do they afford Nicolas Cage for that? I don't know. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's you know he's kind of hard up for the work, right? Yeah, he's got to pay off those taxes somehow. To say, I guess the server's pretty cheap. Yeah, so they, they can put all the rest of their money towards Nicolas Cage. Um, and then yeah, so it, right now, and I know that Overwatch won't get all crazy fied like that. There might be like some sort of like market for I don't know stuff, but. And it, it you can actually spend money. You can buy like keys or or access to loot crates, mm-hmm. but you earn them just by virtue of playing the game. So there's no real impetus to give it more money, unless you want to. So they're they're doing microtransactions in a way that I think is fine. It, the game itself is just fun, and. It's a good quick game because, you know, most matches last less than 20 minutes. Yeah. And so I can play like two, three matches for lunch and then I'm, I can go back to work. And then I play at home and then I forget what time it is. That's, that's all I have for Overwatch. Yeah. That's your Overwatch report. <laughs> that is my Overwatch report. Y'all should be happy I'm here instead of playing. Because <laughs> I'm not burned out on it yet. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I played a lot of TF2. Uh, whenever it first came out, mm-hmm. I got it. And the only reason I played it was because I got it with the orange box, but I kind of got bored with that in like a couple months. I got bored with TF2 really fast. Um, but at the same time, it just never stuck for me. And then hats happened. Oh, yeah. I never saw the hats. Yeah. But yeah, I, I was I was playing it pretty pretty intensely there for the time that I did. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I just stopped opening it. Yeah, like it just—I would you, get like, home and it's you just like you don't remember when the last time you played it was. Yeah, it's kind of like where how I fall off some TV shows. Like I was, I was watching uh, like uh, House of Cards, mm-hmm. uh, and or, and at some point, I you know I would get home and I'd watch it with one of my roommates, and at some point, I just didn't yeah and i never and I, I didn't feel any kind of draw to do that and that's sort of how it went with uh team fortress was like i just i just got i would get home and it's just like eh. yeah it's, i'm not even thinking about it anymore yeah and uh right now but right now overwatch is giving me what i always wanted from that i've heard people compare it to team fortress 3 and i'm okay with that because if that's what Team Fortress 3 ends up being, then cool, that's going to be a fun game. Because that's all I care right now. It's just a fun, good game with a lot of character. Like, every character that's there, even, like, the quote-unquote villains, like, when you go through the roster and they show up and they're, like, this animated 3D model that takes up most of the screen showing, it's like, hey, here's the guy you could play as. They all look like they're happy to be there. It's just, like, it's, it drips with character and charisma. And just and the the soundtrack feels like it's a like like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to it, and it's like it's got like that swell that the Avengers theme has. And I'm sitting there, and it's like this, like oh my god, the oh it's so good. I don't even know what the Avengers theme is. Oh well, you know from the from the movie The Avengers. Yeah, but not not the not the uh, not the TV show, not the Connery movie. Yeah, but the Mark Ruffalo movie. I just don't remember what. That score didn't really stick with me. <laughs> I, I can't know. help you there. Yeah. Uh, maybe if you hummed it or something, I'd be like, uh, oh, yeah. Mm, no. 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 You, it's something you have to discover for yourself. Yeah. I don't think if I. I it's kind of. I'm kind of that way with a lot of uh, like orchestrated game music. Like some people are like, oh man, the music for Mass Effect is so good, it's so memorable, and I'm like, I don't remember any of that music. When and at one point, like uh, I was riding in a car with somebody who was playing it, and and I was like, oh yeah, oh what's this from? And they was like Mass Effect, and I'm like, is it? It's like yeah, it's the song for blah blah blah, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't remember it. It's not very memorable. That's fair, but yeah. I don't know. It 
it takes for me i think it takes something to be more interesting than just being a score uh like a well you can like because you can just do a well-produced score and it, yeah and it not be very interesting to me you can, you can have a orchestra orchestras play bad music all the time but it's not necessarily bad it's just bland you no, know I'm, it's just like oh uh, yeah that's it no i'm, I'm saying i'll go and say it. I, I think really great orchestras with incredibly talented musicians will play bad music from time to time okay if they are paid to do it yeah they yeah. will play it that's fair. That'll that'll happen. Not all. Not just because it's played by an orchestra does not make it a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Like someone could play. You could you could, you could pay an orchestra to play. Never gonna give you up. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it a good song. Except it's a good song. It is. It really is. Actually, uh, I feel bad for <laughs> besmirching the name of that song. You, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't think of another bad, I couldn't think of a song that was bad. I just thought, I couldn't think of a song people were tired of. Oh, okay, yeah. Um. Rebecca Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, or an orchestra could not save that song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been playing, um, the, I've been going through the Witcher 3 DLC recently. Yeah. And... Like the music thing just made me think of that. Like I really like the music in that game. And I think it's because it, they, uh, they kind of spice it up in the different, um, the different areas you're in have like different, there's different music depending on which region you're in and it fits that culture. Mm. And I guess you could miss it if you're like not really paying attention because mm-hmm. it is a lot of it is kind of ambient and you it really kind of it only sort of picks up a lot whenever you're in combat or something but but you notice yeah because you do the ear thing yeah so so yeah as you like wander from or like travel from place to place you can hear the the different regions and like you know that you've like riding you know riding on roach from place to place you know you've crossed over crossed a border Mm-hmm. Because it like changes um, just the ambient music that's playing, and it and it all fits, mm-hmm. you know. Like you you look it somehow it like matches visually to what you're seeing. Yeah, that's I. We're already halfway through summer, aren't we? I was gonna say that was my summer plan is to play those games, but I haven't yet. You haven't played any of the Witcher stuff. I have. Well, I played some of the first one. Which is hard. Yeah. I think that's... It's I've never, really hard to play the first I one. I was really disinterested with that thing in the demo that I played. It was so hard to play the first one. But when I played the... Yeah, I would say just try to get in on the ground floor with two. That's I have it. I will play it. And then... Um, I think I'm going to build a new computer before too long, and then I'm going to do do that. Yeah. And then you could... Honestly, like there's a lot of stuff you'll probably be missing context for in in three. I can probably watch a catch up movie. There's a lot of stuff that like I played two, and there's a bunch of stuff that I'm out of the loop on just because Mm -hmm. there's actually a lot of stuff that takes place in like books and things that is like supplemental. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's like character relationships and things that are pre existing, but and I don't know like. Oh, Geralt recognizes this guy, and I don't yeah. know why exactly. Maybe he was in the first one, or maybe he was in the second one, and I forgot about him, or maybe he was in a book. And but honestly, the way they write that game, like it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't because they they wrote it and acted out in a way that you, it just is a believable relationship between those people. Yeah. So I feel like I'm I feel like I'm missing something, but I may not actually be missing something. It may just be the the perception that it's just subtext. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, there's a history between these people. And maybe that was expressed before Mm -hmm. or maybe it wasn't, but it's on my list. I will play it and I will probably wax poetic about it. Hopefully sometime soon. Yeah. Well, three is so so three is definitely the best of the, of that set. I've heard that it's far and away the best. Yeah. Uh, So I would, I would I would try to play that before because it, it's going to be an investment 
to also like the I hear game. I hear it's a long game. Yeah. Yeah, and the DLCs it's like I got the DLCs for like $24 and it's and it's just two, but I feel like I've already gotten my money's worth <laughs> and I haven't even played it that long. But it's like, oh boy, there's a lot of content here. Good. So, good. Yeah. Um yeah, those things are, are oh man, it's just a great good set of games. I'm looking forward to their cyberpunk game at some point. Yes. of which they've shown literally nothing. They had except one except for that one little animation like thing. Like one, yeah, pre-rendered trailer. Yeah. That tells you nothing really except the name of the game and the setting roughly. And that's it. Yeah. But still it's I'm I was just talking to my roommate the other night about how I was, I've been disappointed that there aren't more like, like near future or like somewhat distant future, but like, like not so distant future, Mm -hmm. like cyberpunk games. Yeah. Uh, like just, just future earth game. Yeah. Because I think that's a thing. Well, and not just future earth game. Like, I mean, future earth, but the earth, but the future is like plausible. Well, what I was going to say was, is like one of the things that I think sci-fi has had a problem with is if you go a little bit in the future, it, you know, it's a thing and it exists and that's it. Um, But if you go farther into the future, like let's say almost invariably, if you go a hundred years into the future or maybe maybe 200, 200 years in the future, no matter what it seems... Sci-fi seems to think, oh yeah, we're spacefaring culture then, mm-hmm. and they're aliens. Yeah, like somewhere you know within that time span, we've made contact, and and now all we do is like travel the universe and solve problems and stuff. Find alien women. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. played Mass Effect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got me. That's that's yeah. A lot of that game is just fine alien. And I assume that there will be a bit of that in in uh, Cyberpunk. Maybe because Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is that right? Mm-hmm. So it's not super far in the future. If twenty seven seven is an indication of what year it takes place, instead of the like street address. Yeah, it takes place on the street Cyberpunk. Yeah, and the and the address is twenty seventy seven. Las Vegas, California. Yeah. Because in the future, Las Vegas gets annexed. Uh huh. It's just a well because after global warming, the 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 shore has just like yeah. drifted inward. But California just starts annexing. Yeah, all California the, all just the starts. Yeah, it has to keep. It just expands inward. They put San Francisco on tank treads, and it's just constantly marching eastward yeah. as the oceans rise. Right, yeah. and because of that, like everything else, just kind of drifts inward as well. Mm-hmm. And so now, like Kansas is actually the size of like Rhode Island. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they were using all that land anyway. No. No. Nobody's there. It's yeah. just flat, barren. Yeah. Probably not barren. It's probably like growing food there or something we want. Now. Now. Because of global warming. Yeah. But in the future. In the future, there'll be none. There'll be none. All of our farming will be through the seas. Yeah. On- only only the once in future California will be what stands it's a grim it's a grim future we're projecting <laughs> cyberpunk 2020 2077 colon californication oof oof i'd still play it <laughs> venice beach has extended into like phoenix yeah it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if cd project red makes it I'll it'll be it. good yeah. yeah it'll be good uh i don't even care if you just play Geralt of rivia again just and he he'd play such a straight man about it too. Be like, "Here I am, back in cyberpunk." That's what he says. Yeah, he just says he's back in cyberpunk. Yeah, it's not new. No, it's not new to him. <laughs> Nothing's new to him. There I was in cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, <laughs> and and then all the robots like it's Geralt of Rivia. He's like, you know my name. <laughs> I played enough of the game that like I love Geralt so much because he's kind of deadpan. Yeah, yeah. I, that's one of those things that like some people aren't sure if it was 
initially a character trait or if it was just a fact or like a like a feature of the actor who did the voice that they ended up making it a character i don't know trait. i just love so much that he just seems so self-amused mm-hmm. like he seems just amused that he's saying anything uh, yeah that's yeah. one of the things that cracked me up about the original uh deus ex game yeah was just how like just how dry the main character was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like one of my favorite lines is whenever your pilot finds a bomb in his helicopter and he's like, oh my God, JC, a bomb. And JC goes, a bomb. <laughs> like, that's as excited as he got about a bomb. About a thing that's about to detonate and kill them both. A bomb. I need to play that game again. That's a good game. It is a good game. Yeah. That's actually one of the reasons I, I miss that that sort of setting because I really mm-hmm. liked the setting that was in the original. Are you excited about a uh, human revel? No, mm-hmm. mankind divided. Mankind divided. Yeah. Are you excited about that? Not, not really. Mm. But I was kind you of didn't dis- ask for this. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of disappointed by the prequelitis from Human Revolution, mm-hmm. and it's you know it felt like the developers you know they they. They had this opportunity to make a prequel yeah. to the game and they got, you know, they got a little George Lucas in them and it was like, oh, well, you know, now we can do all this fancy. We've got so much, you know, such better engine. We can make it look like this crazy future town and like change. Which the was entire, not at all what it was. You know, the entire aesthetic about what our, uh, like what stuff looks like these in, in this yeah. time period that takes place 50 years before the original game. And when the original game looked like the regular world. Yeah. It just looked like regular ass New York, yeah. you know, or Paris or Hong Kong. It's just like, yeah, like these are like real look. And then you, you go to that game and like Detroit, some kind of mega city and, and you go to Beijing, I think. And it's some kind of double decker or future town. Yeah. And it's like, wow, this is insane. Mm-hmm. Like none of this stuff, like there are no remnants that this kind of society exists yeah. in the first game. Like the first game was pretty straight laced as far as mm-hmm. the setting and stuff. And so that those kinds of things that and the fact that like the gameplay felt so canned, like that was a problem in that game. That really was. Uh, I wanted I think we've even talked about it before. Probably. But it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of false choice. There's a lot of false choice, and there's a lot of stuff that's like, take this AUG, not because it's incredibly useful, but because it will do this one thing that like opens this one kind of... Like, the punch-through-walls AUG is my my best example, mm-hmm. because it's like, in the game, there's probably like 10 walls you can bust through. But when you, you do... but Yeah, but when you do, like, maybe you grab a guy, or maybe it just is like the equivalent of lock picking, Mm -hmm. but it's like, man, in the original game, you could just shoot a door with a rocket, you know? Yeah. And like that unlocked the door. Yeah. Or you could unlock it with a lock pick or you could go over to a terminal and hack the lock open. Like that was choice. Or you could just like go to the vent. That's that's like around the corner and crawl through there because you found that. And it's like, there were, it felt so much more like, the designers of the original game came up with a tool set and then had people design levels with that tool set in mind. Whereas in this game, they designed they a storyboard. They followed. Yeah. They like designed specific features of a level and checked things off of a list to say like, here's our punch through wall moment. Here's our hack the terminal moment. Here's our hide an event moment. So, I mean, I don't want to, I'm not going to accuse the deus ex guys of this and I'm not, but I am going to, use this opportunity as like a kind of a case statement. Many, many games are suffering from oversimplification these days in that the first game from the nineties or early two thousands, even only I'll include that had, you know, like immense depth, Elder Scrolls. If you look at Morrowind, you could pick your left-handed glove and your right-handed glove. You could say how much equipment detail you wanted Deus Ex gave you like nine different ways to solve the same problem. Um, all sorts of things. A system shock 
gave you lots of choices in terms of how you want to develop your character. Cla- I felt like classes mattered. It's like if you're going to have a game with job classes or character classes, mm-hmm. it's like I'm a thief. Well, you play like a freaking thief. Yeah. Or I'm a, I'm a mage. You have to play like a mage. So on and so forth. And then the further down towards current time you go, the, the more and more simplified it gets, the more we have to show these beats in a game mm-hmm. to get this, you know, to get these messages across. And I get that games are bigger and bigger and bigger and it ta- it's harder to do that. But if the logic, the game logic, the programming aspect of it was, we were able to do it then. I know that we have extra systems here now, but that's what metalware is for. If you want to like, you know, instead of sp- spending extra cycles and we have to get this cloth sim to look right. How about make the game fun? Yeah. Uh, and then pay someone else whose entire company does like their whole shtick is making cloth sims. Um, but at the same time, it's like I also get that the art is harder, mm-hmm. or they say it's harder because I actually reject that statement. Because back then, you had to work with two hundred fifty-six color palettes and keep your have your UVs be laid out smart enough that you don't have you know that you can make it seem like it's more. You, there were so many more wizardry tricks you had to do to work within the envelope there for performance reasons. Nowadays, most of the trickery, most visual trickery you get is about improving the visuals. It's like, hey, here's this trick we can do to make this really crazy effect happen. And it's not about necessarily maintaining 60 frames per second so much as it is making the game look draw dropping. Mm -hmm. And the tools we have now compared to what we had back then are amazing. Yeah. Like making a 3D model of a vase in 3ds max back then in the early 90s very different process than today you could do you could make the same piece of art in in less than a tenth of the time i think yeah well even just the tool the tools for like constructing levels and yeah and setting up uh if only because it crashes less often (laughs) right yeah and so that's and so I, I just don't really understand how we as an industry, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the whole industry and not call on any specific people or any companies or anything like that, but it's interesting to me that it, it, it's like we, we say it's harder to make games with depth or games that have that complexity, but we were doing it back then. And I feel like we're, we're just spending our time elsewhere and... And I wonder if that's the, the there's this mentality of rather than having you know just systems drive the game, and the shift towards hitting the storyboard moments. I think there's I I'll pitch a couple of things. Sure. Uh, I think there's a you have to remember just how busted ass some of those things from the 90s were as well like yeah they were systems driven and like the amount of a, like stuff you could pull off as a like building your character or something in those systems was really crazy and mm-hmm. like, the depth to that you could go but you could also just break the hell out of them yeah like and, fallout yeah like fallout which expected you to do it apparently. or you know like morrowind and yeah. daggerfall before that mm-hmm. you know like all of those things like had a lot of options and 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 to some like some people might argue that like well in trimming some of that stuff out they make like they're trying to remove some of the jank that is in that has been present in those games now with Bethesda games you you play Fallout 4 and a lot of that stuff's been stripped out and yet yeah. there's still like a lot of the same jank um, and so it's kind of like, I mean, you're removing all this stuff, but it's not really making it any better. Yeah. Well, but I, what I, what I see, yeah. at least for their games is this idea of, and I was listening to a, so I was listening to a podcast about language this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, were they using words in it? They were using words. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny. A podcast tends to use words more than images. Uh, um, I don't know about that, but the they were described the, the the podcast was actually talking about generational labels mm-hmm. and like the 
how a lot of generational labels, they aren't, you know, put in place by the people who are in that generation, but by people who refer to those people. Yeah. And that by the time the wording for the, the labeling for those people comes about, uh, it's nearly almost past. And uh, the person who was talking, uh, one of the interviews that they, they were talking about how like being in a certain, like being in generation X or something was, uh, was initially kind of confusing, but felt very empowering as they saw like that the people that they, the kind of peer group that they were used to and the things that they all thought was cool or interesting started to get into the mainstream and that was really exciting initially. And then as they saw that happen, as the, the things that they found that they enjoyed the most hit the mainstream and, and became like more marketed at a mainstream audience, the less it, it's, it's, the less it resembled the thing they liked initially. Hmm. Because then it started to get tamed or wrangled and, and it would be... Turn into a product. Uh, it would, yeah, it would be turned into a product, into this thing that the stuff that they like it, it, it is now still called the thing that they liked, but now it barely resembles the thing they were interested in because of how, like, the, all of the stuff that made it interesting and different has been stripped away, and now it is just this like, this just it's been homogenized. Yeah, it's this, it's this consumable thing, and, and I, I feel like that's what that's, hap- that's, that's happening in games. Yeah, yeah. I think games have hit this point where, oh no, people are looking at us, and I don't know if it's they, oh no, people are looking at well, us. Well, it's I'm, like in that in the capacity that I feel like it's more oh, like we can get them to buy it. Maybe the biz dev maybe that's a different way. Maybe I'm looking our... at it differently, but I think that the sentiment's the same. It's let's make a thing where everyone can have the same kind of experience. So everyone has that great empowering thing. This is what you do, and let's focus on on widening the funnel yeah and i think that there is some merit into saying let's widen the funnel and like everyone will have the same ending and they'll have the same opportunities to do the side quests same opportunities to do all these things and they go through it and they can pick their three or four options but no matter how they do it they're going to go through and have that same kind of experience um i'm gonna stop talking with my hands um <laughs> but you know, it's like if you look at uh, Fallout 4 is a good example. Yeah. Here's a, here's a dialogue tree. Why bother? Yeah. They're all the same answer, just worded slightly differently. Right. And a lot of them will fetch the same response. Right. And and so much of the conversation system, like, like you're saying, it just doesn't mean anything. And it it just feels like... It feels that I was thinking about an analogy for this and I, and I, and I thought about writing something up that I want to call kind of like the, the, like some kind of evolutionary theory for a game Mm -hmm. where you have something like, like fallout as an example. And the things that remain in that game that resemble the game it originally was now feel vestigial, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like how you might have like an appendix or something. And it's like, what is that even there for anymore? It doesn't yeah. serve a purpose. Like the purpose for this thing has changed. And it's almost kind of like a, to me, it, it feels like a survival of the fittest kind of situation where they keep trying to adapt their game to be the most marketable. Mm-hmm. And so I guess survival of the fittest is more like survival of the most purchased, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so these, you know, things, things like that, that uh, fans of the older games feel are pivotal to the experience are being trimmed away and, uh, and removed because it's not the things that keep there. It's not the things that the majority of people are buying it for. Right. They're buying it for the spectacle mm-hmm. or, you know, just the... So we're the minority now? The, Yeah. I, yeah. And yeah. and I think that's why... I, I don't know about where you work, but where I work, there's a lot of people who are kind of 
getting back into tabletop RPGs and stuff because it's like, well, these are the things that give us yeah. that. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree that tabletop is a good place to return to uh, if you want that that organic, uh, almost ergodic play field. So you can go through and just do what you want to do within the the rules of the game. Yeah. But I mean, that's where you can go. You, because those things, like, they, they've evolved, and, you know, some of them have gotten away from the standard, like, D20 and introduced their own kind of, like, custom yeah. dice or whatever. But, but at the heart of it is still a lot of the same ideas that people making those original games mm-hmm. wanted to do, you know, because you can see the roots of tabletop RPGs in Daggerfall and stuff where... Yeah making your character is literally a stat sheet and using, and they even have like sound effects for die rolls and stuff in mm-hmm. their character generator. So but, I wanted to, I was, I was, we've gone down an interesting rabbit hole and I know we're running out of time, I think for tonight, but I wanted to bring up, I was going somewhere with all this. Cause I asked, I was like, what do you about Deus Ex? And you talk about the, re, uh, the reboot. Um, but system shock is getting a reboot. Is getting a remake. Yeah. And I think they're getting a System Shock three, but they haven't shown anything for it yet. But the the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, they they hit their goal, and they released the demo. Have you looked at it yet? No, I haven't. I have looked at the demo. I've not played the demo yet. But they're going pretty far out of their way to maintain the look and feel of the original game, while also put pushing up the. Uh, the graphic fidelity like they're they're doing they were, i saw a video about it and they're talking about like how they're doing their texture filtering and that they're not doing texture filtering oh they're, they're mint mapping it and you so you're getting high resolution textures and as you get it move further away it basically just fades to a lower resolution version of it yeah it actually looks pretty cool the way they're doing it because it feels retro-y hmm. and uh they're trying to preserve and improve many of the systems in that game uh, so like the hacking and augments things like that i think we're yeah. all gonna survive and or be hopefully not streamlined stream streamline to me is a dirty word right now uh but improved and you know uh polished yeah. i think would be a good way to do that so i'm i'm a bit excited about that and i, and I'm, I have i unfortunately get a chance, did not get a chance to play that before tonight but it's installed on my computer at work and i'm gonna play it over lunch one day so I'm well, excited that sounds, about that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I, it I, looks good. I played the original uh, a while ago. I mean, I guess everybody played it a while ago. Everybody mm-hmm. who played it played it a while ago. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. I remember enjoying it. Yeah, it was, I'm. I'm uh, stoked. So, uh, yeah, maybe we should um, wrap up for tonight. I have an email from Daniel. Uh, ooh, Daniel of the Daniels. Daniel of the Daniels is well, I mean that's not how he refers to himself, but well, he's going to get used to that. Um, but maybe I'll save that for next time because it does include a lot of stuff um about Star Trek and um I'm the worst person to comment about Star Trek. Yeah, well, I mentioned Klingon earlier. I think I actually should get some <laughs> nerd cred for that. Ah. Uh, but it more so the like interspecies breeding stuff we were talking about before. And anyway, uh, I'll save that the for things when, people focus on I, from I, our podcast. I'll, I'll save that for the next time when Will's back because yeah. he was a big part of that conversation. So I'll just save it. Um, but what should we name this episode? Oh, God. Uh, what was that? Cyber Cyberpunk 2077 colon Californication uh-huh no that's not good that's not good <laughs> it's funny how not good it is uh, uh no no uh you chuckled at something uh-huh what'd you chuckle at i don't know i don't remember uh, i have to go back i have to review the tape Geralt of california should we ask uh should we ask the kid tied up behind us when we should do it <laughs> That's the title right there. <laughs> the kid tied up behind us? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> that got weird. <laughs> oh. With, oh, there we go. With, there we go. Without a moral compass. Without a moral compass. Yes. Yeah, because we didn't have William, who is our moral compass. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
What if we, yeah. We'll just title, title the episode William Colon Our Moral Compass. There you go. <laughs> okay. I like it. All right. It works. I'm an awkward, 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 awkward.